Hello there, this is Duncan Fisher speaking to you from Outreach Studios. I know the best of the best when it comes to mech warriors on Solaris. And do you know who they talk about when it comes to digging your ass out of the fire when the shit hits the fan? Armed. The Australasian Royal Mechanized Division. These guys have been slugging it out since Gallipoli 1915. Only now they do it with a mech and a heavy gauss rifle. So if you need to call in reinforcements to get the job done, or simply hire someone for some good old-fashioned payback, call on the professional team at ARM. They'll set the odds in your favor. For contracts and recruiting, turn your terminals to www.armed.net.au. That's spelt A-R-M-D dot net dot A-U. And remember, if you need to get even, get armed. Mechs, Devs, and Beer is recorded in front of a live studio audience and is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from Outreach Studios, you're listening to the Mechs, Devs, and Beer podcast, a No Guts, No Galaxy special featuring your hosts, Phil and Darren. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Mechs, Devs, and Beer podcast number seven. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is January 24th, 2013, and my shout-out, it's going to go to pizza and coffee, and not in that particular order. They're just two amazing things, and I don't know what my life would be like without them. Yeah. Is, is that pizza and coffee together? No, but, I mean, I would well, have here's no problem something... with both. That would go great with pizza. My shout out today. Hey, this is Darren, also known as Bombadil. Uh, my shout out today goes to Winmer Brothers Hefeweizen from Portland, Oregon. That's what I'm nursing now. Yeah. And goes delicious. great with pizza. Wheat beer is always good with pizza. Wheat beer is good with pizza. But pizza is just good all around. I'm just saying. So is beer. Sort of funny how that works. Two things at any given time, cold or hot. Well, mm-hmm. not us. some people like their beer warm, but not me. Yeah. Over the other side of the pond. Yeah. And of course, welcome to our live studio audience. Appreciate everyone coming out. And of course, to all of our new listeners out there, today we have an awesome and very special guest. But before we get to that, I would just like to say, hey, if you have the ability, go to our website right now. Help us out. There's a tip jar on the right side. If you think we're worth it, send us a tip. And if you're going to do any shopping online... Uh, and maybe perhaps on Amazon.com, please click through our link on our website. It doesn't add anything to your bill, gives us a little kickback, and uh, helps us stay on the air. And Phil, who is our guest today? Well, Darren, thank you for asking. (laughs) My (laughs) pleasure. That that wasn't like corny or whatever. All right, hey, we've got Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, Halbro, is that how you pronounce that? Uh, Pretty close, Holbrow, although I'm not really picky about how it's pronounced. Whole brow sounds a lot more manly. I'd be picky if I were you. Yeah, I, I would too. And he is the art lead for MechWare Tactics uh, for Roadhouse Interactive. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, no worries. All right, so obviously we just need to get some information out of you without torturing you. So there's the easy way and then there's the hard way. So let's let's do it the easy way, okay? So anyways, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your hobbies, stuff like that. Uh, I've, I've been an artist in the industry for, I, I guess, about 12, 13 years or so um, here in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I've worked on all sorts of different projects, including other, you know, hex-based, turn-based strategy games and all sorts of things in, in my past. 
What does a whole bro do on his off time? Oh, lots of things. I'm mostly cook. I mean, Vancouver is a very foodie city, so lots of cooking. Um, Hell yeah, some of the best food I ever had. Uh, lots of uh, like I'm working in the industry, you meet all sorts of people. So many of my friends are from all over the world. So it's always great fun to you know cook together because it's like you know you get people from India, from various parts of China and Japan, and all all over the world basically. I was gonna say, Darren, was it really good just because you were drinking lots of beer, or was it? actually good mm, actually i didn't drink a lot of beer when i was up there uh, <gasps> interestingly enough i know i did drink tons of coffee and that was fucking amazing and then the food every single place we went to didn't matter what type of food super good and i always recommend when people are up there get the salmon okay so you like cooking you're obviously a beer fan maybe can can i assume that or no sure i would uh, i would definitely say yes you're working for a Roadhouse Interactive. You're creating or helping develop, I should say, which is creating basically uh, MechWare Tactics. Can you tell us a little bit about your gaming background, how you got into video game industry, and uh, yeah? Well, first of all, you also said you're, you've been doing this for 12 years. How old are you? Because you sound very young, so. Well, I'm not that old, so let's just leave it like that. <laughs> okay. So you've been doing it from a wee age. Exactly. I'm sort of very young. Maybe he's 28 and he started when he was like, you know, in his teens. Very Everything true. Everything about that. So what is your background with the gaming industry? Uh, I, I wanted to be an artist as a, as a young kid, but I didn't really, you know, you look at artists back when I was growing up and think, oh, you had to be a painter or whatever, which I was never really that good to good enough to be that. But then games like, you know, Final Fantasy VII came out and I thought, well, it's got 3D models. I can do this. So and that's basically how it started. Nice. Final Fantasy VII. Oh, my God. The, I Sidetrack here. <laughs> I literally spent hundreds of hours maxing out all the um, uh, materia on that, all the alls and ultimate. I mean, every. Oh, my, yes. Yes. Classic. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about how you like you got into the game industry? Was it you got a degree in it? Did you say, you know what? Hey, I'm just going to start modeling. Like what got you into the game industry? Uh, I was lucky, so I started, well, at about the right time, so I, I basically am self-pod. I, I worked with a bunch of dudes um, at a, uh, a place called DX Labs years and years ago, and we sort of, we did advertising mostly, and all of us together basically learned the tricks of the trade without any sort of instruction, so uh, I didn't go to any schools or anything like that. So I lucked out, basically. There wasn't any schools back then, though, right? I mean, like, not that I'm aware of, not, not in the 90s, there wasn't. 3D Well, there's probably design. art schools that have been around for a long time that could then yeah, translate into gaming or something. Now, correct me, Chris, if there if there was back then, but that's that's more of a recent thing to where they actually teach 3D, you know, modeling and and uh, game design. I mean, that's that's a new thing. Uh, well, in Vancouver, I, I think at that time there would have been you know two or three schools. I mean, some come to mind: CDIS and uh, Van Arts. I mean, CDIS is now AI, I believe. Yep, Art Institute. They're everywhere. Hey, so we're going to move into quick-fire questions, Chris, and this is where Phil is going to ask you four questions, and you answer as quickly as possible. We'll just shoot through these, and then we'll get into some more of the in-depth questions. Does that sound good? Certainly. Phil, right, you fire away. Are you ready, Chris? Sure. All right, favorite beer? Uh, Backhand of God, which might be local. I'm not really sure. Whoa. Favorite battle mech? Um, depends on if I'm playing the game. Or t- I think the Jaeger mech looks the best, but I probably would use a panther playing the game is my you're, favorite you're fired favorite battle <laughs> novel. 
favorite BattleTech model? No, um, no, novel. If you've ever oh, read. Oh come on! <laughs> nope, don't have one of those. Fired again. All right, favorite BattleTech affiliation: House, Merc, or Clan. Oh, okay. So when we did the Founders thing, I did have a chance to look at a bunch of these. Uh, I probably would say the Black Widow. I, I, I think that they're the black and red. It just, it, it works. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> well, you're two out of four, so you know it's okay. We've you, with going with the Panther, you sided with the uh, stereotypical BattleTech bad guys, but that's okay. All right, that's okay. You're the only person I think I've ever actually heard say the Jaegermech looks the best. I... Well, whose Jaeger are we talking well, about? Well, I'm talking about my Jaegermech. Well, really good. I think he looks, he looks a bit like a vacuum cleaner with, with legs and these big sort of guns. Like I, He's a bit <laughs> comical, but also you know menacing. Indeed. So let's Touché. move into some of the more in-depth questions, Phil. All right, Chris. So obviously... Most of the listeners know my background and Darren's background, but they want to know your background. And specifically, you're working on a MechWarrior title, and they want to know, well, how were you first introduced to Battletech and or MechWarrior? Uh, okay, well, when I first started working on this project was when I was first introduced to the IP. I mean, I obviously have some awareness of MechWarrior from uh, the video games and so forth. And I knew that it was based on a board game, but I'd, I'd never played it. So we, we played a... a you know, three or four games, probably more than that, uh, when we first started the project, for all of us to get a feel of what it was going to be about. Okay, so you had no experience whatsoever beforehand. As soon as you were introduced to it, I mean, what were your initial thoughts? I mean, is this something that you're like, yeah, I can definitely, uh, I can definitely dig this? Uh, well, let's say that the the board game it interests me a little bit less, but uh, the look and the feel and the sort of like the depth of history stuff like that. I mean, it's always great to work on an IP that has you know fifteen, twenty years or more of uh, of backstory and people working on it and making their own stories. It just makes our job a lot easier. Okay, so you're not a big fan of the game necessarily, but you like the history, which I agree. Uh, if, if... If you can, I definitely recommend picking up some of the novels. Um, I think the BattleTech history, and it's—I think it's like one of those like things where if you played the tabletop and you've read the books, or if you read the books then played the tabletop and MechWarrior and stuff, you get a definitely a better sense of. I mean, does that make sense, Darren? Like the whole round thing, you you get a well-rounded picture of everything. Whereas if you just play like MechWarrior, you really have a very linear understanding of what BattleTech is, right? I think all of the um, the different facets of BattleTech are pretty cool as far as giving you lots of history. I mean, there's the novels, there's the cartoon that was shit, but it was still there. Um, there's the board game. There's you know various online iterations and BattleTech uh, cartoon animated Ugh. series. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that cartoon was 3D, which I was quite excited about when it came out. Oh my uh, god, I remember like loving it when I was oh, I remember fucking hating it and still do. But regardless, uh, yeah, there's tons of history there and as you've probably found out, Chris, from maybe from even watching uh, from the outside, uh, we're a very um finicky group of fans maybe is the word. Uh yeah. I, know, I don't know you think I think you you think everybody on the internet is crazy Phil, but I think we MechWarrior and BattleTech fans have our own version of crazy as well. Yeah, and I'm saying definitely. crazy in a good passionate. way. Passionate. We're passionate, Darren. That's what it is. We love it. So we're passionate. All right. So, 
Can I ask, how did you get involved with Roadhouse? Like, I mean, did you get hired on to do this project? Did they snatch you up? Like, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I was working on this uh, at another Vancouver studio called um, Hothead on a... On the latest, uh, I don't know if I should say what game I was working on, but on the latest big game that they had re- released uh, a couple of years ago, I guess, and my contract expired, and I, I was thinking of going down to California, but um, a friend of mine was running, was the studio head at the time uh, here, so I, I was like, just like, well, what are you guys doing? And then I came over to do a, a different project for them, and eventually got moved on to to MechWarrior, which was really exciting. It was it, the project I was working on at the time was, you know, it had a lot less robots in it. Robots, robots lasers, missiles. I mean, what what is there not to like? Exactly. All right, so diving into a little bit of um, the the project itself, the game. It's what are your big influences uh, now, Darren? Were you asking more specifically towards tactics? Mm. No, I was in general. Just what are some of your artistic influences? Do you have any? Are you creating your own stuff? You know, like basically, I've been around a lot of musicians, artists, etc., and they all tend to have some kind of um, background reference to influences. Do you have any yourself? Oh, certainly. So, I mean, I mean, if we're talking classics, uh, I, mm-hmm. I would say, of course, you know, your normal Rockwells, your uh, Frank Frazetta. I, I think that those are probably for video game style art. Those are two great dudes because, of course, they're doing. Uh, Frazetta is very fantasy, and he's got lots of, you know, video game-esque things, and Rockwell has a very sort of clean, sort of, uh, very, his work really reads, and, and I'm surprised a lot of emotion you associate in it. that with video games, though. Uh, Rockwell. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I love I, Rockwell. I'll tell you what, like, he has the same goals, I suppose, as we do. Like, we, he has to get, I mean, he mostly did a lot of illustrations for magazines and so forth, so he wanted to get his message, message across really... With one image, right. And really cleanly, and, and we have the same issue. Like we have, uh, you know, just a little bit of time, and you know, the workflow is a little bit complicated. So we have to, you know, achieve the same goal in a very limited time and in a very sort of, I don't know, technical way. Okay, well then, so you you find out you're going to be part of this uh, Mech Warrior project, giant robots and so forth. How do you prepare for that? Did you go look at, uh, you know, maybe some of the old TRO artwork, some of the stuff that's out on um, what's that website, Phil? Sarna. No, no, no. The one you're looking at all the time. Uh, did you check out maybe some of the recent stuff on DeviantArt? I mean, how did you prepare to do mech artwork, basically? Uh, generally, we looked at a lot of uh, current or almost current uh, robot fighting games to see what they're doing. Uh, not always just to see like what we want to do, but maybe what we don't want to do or, or how how we want to differentiate ourselves from from them um of course you look at you know sarna i mean that's a great resource for <laughs> for us uh and of course any inter- basically google image uh, of of various mechs and so forth um playing the games buying the books and so forth i mean i don't know i, I would say that uh we looked at as much stuff as possible robot and battle tech wise were there any basically mecha artists that stood out to you? Uh, like we're you know we're big fans of Flying Debris over at MWO and um, David Shimmering White. David White. He's one of the classics for Mech Warrior Four. Uh, Shimmering Sword. He's doing a lot of stuff. And uh, with... one of my personal favorites, Rudy Vall, aka Shore Painter. Indeed, there's a lot of amazing artists out there. Did any of these uh, mecha artists stand out to you? Uh, I think the guy we we. That well, for me, that we based a lot of our look around was uh, a guy called Daryl Mandrick, who uh, he worked for a company called Piranha, or not Piranha, um, uh, what are they called? Propaganda. 
who did Turok and and some other titles, but uh, he does awesome sort of like shiny metal robot dudes. Uh, he has a great website full of all sorts of cool things. And uh, we actually ended up hiring him to do a bunch of our, our concept art for the project, so it worked out really well. I'm just right. pulling up this particular individual you're talking about. I'm trying to trying to see who you're talking Get about. Get some so, reference. Yeah, I'll have to do that after the show, that's, that's for sure. I recommend it. He's got awesome stuff. So when you guys announced your game, uh, the first thing that comes out of an announcement usually is artwork. Now... There was both positive and negative, to be blunt. There was definitely negative uh, reactions from, you know, the audience uh, out there, uh, players, fans. And what are your thoughts, I should say, on the style of MechWar Tactics? Because when you guys, you know, announced you had artwork and stuff, and it was like, here's our, you know, Hunchback, here's our Catapult, here's our Soccer and stuff. And, you know, what are your thoughts on the, the reaction? And this goes back to what I was saying earlier about the, the finicky uh, Battletech MechWarrior fans. I would say that uh, having fans that are actually interested in what you're working on is is always useful. So even if they may not like exactly the the style you've gone for or the look of a particular mech, like I know the Hunchback, he, you know, he's a little bit, well, he's quite a bit different than the original... Um, uh, imagery that was used to depict him, but uh, I, I think that it's, it's really useful. Sometimes we'll we'll produce a mech and we'll get feedback from the form, and you know, one that comes to mind re- recently is the the catapult. He has these weapon pods on the outside, and um, we actually modified him a little bit, quite heavily, because yeah, when I'm building it, I don't really think of that. I'm, I'm making a modularly constructed robot, and sometimes you get the look with certain weapons, or in worst case scenario, his his stock weapons. Uh, when they're attached, they look silly, and and I don't really notice it because I'm like, oh, neat, he's got rockets on the outside, and then the fans are like, oh, no, it's terrible, and so we'll make <laughs> modifications and stuff like that, for sure. The missile racks you guys have... We were actually very confused for the longest time because we didn't realize they were actually the missiles. They looked like like chain gun barrels. And so, like, what? Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you about that. So, originally, uh, and even still, you can take missile launchers uh, basically instead of a hand in, on some mechs. So, we didn't want to make... Um, uh, like a big box full of rockets. Like our, our SRMs are kind of like that, but the LRMs are, of course, this sort of Gantling gun. It's really just a big uh, tube. It's as, as if you had glued together a bunch of bazookas, basically. Uh, so the idea was that we did, we wanted to make it look right if it's mounted to the shoulder, if it's mounted internally, or if it's mounted uh, instead of a hand. So if you had like a gun arm, so it would look cool in all situations. So from the design perspective, it's a pain in the ass. And I think what you're you're saying is because you can pretty much on any of the mechs you can place whatever weapons you want within those particular um, uh, criticals so if you have enough criticals you can put an LR5, an AC2 and you know like anything you want so from the design perspective you're saying it made it easier to, to implement that sort of style exactly and actually you know there's a there's a variant of the Clint right now I don't know if he's in the the game still where you can actually mount an LRM-20 for a hand, and it, it looks pretty crazy. I mean, you can only fire six shots, but uh, it's still pretty great. Just in regards to, again, the the you know the response to the artwork, I, uh, I've talked to other artists that are friends, and, and I think this is a pretty common view in uh, amongst artists. 
which is that when you put something out there that is your artwork, you'd rather get even a negative response over no response. You want a positive response or a negative response. You want your artwork to um, make people think and, and be engaged. Uh, would you agree that it was even with the negative, some of the negative response that came out, at least you had people that cared and, and were engaged? Yeah, totally. I, I think this is, um, out of all the projects I've worked on over the years, this is definitely the the has the biggest sort of fan input and fan sort of care like people care about uh you know if i you know make a mistake or if you know a model is a little bit off of what the original people have stuff to say and that's great like it's so many projects i've worked on no one's cared so it's pretty great having a, a ton of fans here, yeah, here i was gonna say another thing too is it shouldn't be a, oh no i say this um you know don't judge a book by its cover but the reality of things are, and this is what I've told people, is don't judge it. Play it. Look at the game. Look at the mechanics. If it's fun, then no, play it. And if anything, you can just be like, well, <laughs> really, you like Mega Mech? But uh, you don't think that needs an overhaul? Like, this is at least a three. You know, like, this is everything that at least me and Darren were like, you know, God, I can't wait. So, say, I don't mind static changes. I, you know, obviously I cringe a little bit sometimes because I'm like, oh man. But on the other side, it's like, it still looks good. It's, it's, it's hella fun. So anyways, make your own judgment before you judge it just on the aesthetics because you are going to be missing out. And that's just my personal opinion. I agree. I think uh, gameplay trumps all. But I mean, we we don't want to completely dump on the artwork because there's a lot of people that love it. And myself, I think I've been won over um, to the artistic style. It just it took some time for me to get used to it and to appreciate, you know, basically that they were trying to do something different and go in another direction. Um, and probably playing the game also helped a lot as, in those respects. Yeah, most definitely. So, Chris, what is your favorite part of your job? Uh, well, I really enjoy... I I'm a, was a character artist for many, many years, so I really enjoy character arts. Um, I guess there's two aspects. So I enjoy making models. So if it's a, you know, a creature or a monster or you know, a robot, uh, that's great. But I also really enjoy the sort of problem-solving aspect of, uh, of m my role as lead. So we get a lot of issues. Like, uh, you know, we wanted to make the mech shader, for example, uh, where the user can control what color he is and he receives damage and he's got a normal map and uh, an emissive channel and uh, some other things that aren't in the game yet but probably will be soon. Uh, and it's a real challenge to get all that to work at runtime. Uh, you know, we have limited amount of instructions that we can give to the GPU and all these different things. So I really love that sort of thing. And what is your favorite tool of your trade? Like, I mean, are you a... Are you a big Wacom tablet? Are you 3ds Max or my user? Or are you a Mudbox? Like, what? What is? What could you not live with? Or is a whiteboard your favorite piece of equipment? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Like, I with the Wacom, I love. I mean, it's great. I have an old um, Intuos 3, and it's that's my favorite one. But uh, I'll say in terms of software, like we use Maya here, and um, I've used 3D Studio in the past and XSI, and obviously we use Mudbox here as well. Um, and I've I've used uh, ZBrush. I've actually taught ZBrush at various places, but uh, I find that whatever whatever program I'm using, I hate. Like, I'll be using Maya and I'll be like, ah, it's always doing this thing that I it's crashing when I do this and I hate it. Or then you're moving using 3D Studio and it's ah, it's always doing this low. Like, I'm maybe not the person to talk to in terms of like, what software is your favorite? Because whatever I'm using, I hate that software. And then I'll be whatever like, ah, I'm not only... using. It's yeah, so if only I was using that other software that I'm not using right now, and then, of course, it, it all flips around. <laughs> okay, I definitely understand. Now, what is, 
from your point of view, been your biggest challenge uh, artistically with MechWarrior Tactics? Uh, definitely the the redress um, uh, of the old, uh, you know, 1980s look. We sort of thought of it as sort of, um, let me think, it's like, uh, if you think of 1960s, uh, early 1970s Star Trek, and you compare it to um, the J.J. Abrams redress, like there's a lot of stuff in Abrams stuff that I really like, and there's some that I, I don't like as much. Um, and it's the same thing for us. It's, it's sort of like, how do we make this look... Uh, appealing to sort of the lay person and not uh, and not anger the the regular person or the the hardcore BattleTech fan. So we we try to balance that as best as as we could. So that was definitely the hardest thing I think. Yeah, most definitely. I can definitely see where <laughs> that would be uh, difficult. Did you guys have anybody? I'm assuming you may not be a huge fan. We know Chris is as far as the BattleTech MechWarrior uh, series. Did you guys? bring anybody in to give you some feedback on that uh i mean chris and uh, the other designer rob are both um are, they're really knowledgeable about BattleTech, but we also use um i'm if i pronounce his name wrong you guys will be grumpy but uh, is it randall bills uh we consult <laughs> with we consult with him quite readily yes there, randall you got bills. His name. yes he is uh the, he's the, the BattleTech guy. guru well, he's, he's, go to, he's super, super useful from our perspective because it's like, oh, hey, um, oh, we want to do this, uh, you know, Founders Pack and it's got to be this clan or this era and all this stuff. And he'll, you know, because he knows everything because I guess he made it all up. Um, you know, it's a great resource to have, obviously, the guy who's like behind the project or behind the IP. Completely yeah. agree with that. Before we move on to your parting thoughts, I just want, real quick wanted to know your thoughts on the Unity engine. Uh, I would say that, uh, I mean, with all engines, particularly third-party engines, they have their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, for doing a browser-based game, though, it's pretty hard to beat. Um, the cost is not that, that that great. The lighting and the rendering and the effects, like, all of that stuff's really easy for, for art to use. Uh, on the flip side, I mean, it's using C-sharp, so you're... you're a lot of your you get a lot of memory issues and sometimes it's hard to track down but as an artist i you know it's not really my department to worry about so from my Aren't perspective you happy? <laughs> yeah yeah from my perspective it's great because you know like in mech bay for example like if i want to make changes to that in other engines it you know it requires a huge amount of work to and code time to like add like oh we need more lens flare or less lens flare or lens flare needs to be more horizontal or whatever but uh in other engines that would be horrible but in unity i can i can monkey with those numbers myself and right away it's it's in the game and you're you know you see what you get uh so much so much in the past i was you know working on a pc and then it would take 30 minutes or more and uh, to get it onto the dev kit, and then by the time you're playing it on the Wii, you're like, oh, what was I doing again? Or, like, uh, you know, the, the turnaround was terrible. But Unity, it's awesome. Like, you can do it on the fly and make modifications. Yeah, with my own personal experience, to be able to just drop in an FBX file and you don't have to worry about a p- pipeline, that's that's all you had to do is just, hey, boom, there it goes. Whereas, like, Cry 3 and UDK, there's an actual process you had to, you know, step by step or even use plugins to export and has to be naming conventions and stuff. This, nope, you just drag and drop. It's very nice. Uh, like, from, for our pipeline for, for characters, like, I made that myself with, like, uh, Python, basically. So, you know, it just checks a bunch of stuff. Because the mech models are really complicated. They have lights and weapon mounts and all these things. But, uh, like, if that's another engine, like, I'd have to get an engineer to 
you know, weeks of their time to, to help me with this stuff. But no, no, it's good. For, from my perspective, it's good. I know there's weaknesses. There's weaknesses with all software. I agree. Um, I've been, I've said this in the past, I'll say it again, I've been blown away with what Unity is doing with browser-based games. I mean, it's just completely uh, revamped the whole genre, and I think it's going in an awesome direction. What I'd like to say before uh, your closing statement here is be sure to check out uh, the founders packages on at the uh, MechWarrior Tactics website. Here's a link. Uh, they are on sale now, and uh, for as little as 20 bucks, you can get involved in the closed beta and have a major influence on how this game uh, evolves and, and turns out. So uh, if you have it and can afford it, I recommend strongly getting in there and checking out Tactics. Yeah, I definitely say, I don't know why, but the mentality is definitely different on the forums as well. Big Chunk is asking for gameplay video. For, you know, um, normally I would link you stuff, but Big Chunk, go to Google. Go to the YouTube thing and type in MechWarrior Tactics. There's actually a ton of videos for you. So, and there will be uh, videos from us as soon as possible. Um, we will yeah, be as all soon as over we that. Can. So, Chris, uh, we totally appreciate you being with us here today. Anything you'd uh, like to say to our audience before we head out? Uh, I would just like to say uh, thanks for having me. And um, if you are a beta tester and you're playing right now, I mean, just be patient we're getting lots of new stuff into the game new animations new particle effects uh um some of the rules are working a lot better now so you know lots of stuff we're working hard on the on the product so that's all i got to say again chris i i thank you so much for coming out here and taking the time out of your day and of course chris claru behind the scenes thank you again for organizing this i really do appreciate it we've wanted to have too many Chris's. We wanted to have someone who was part of the art team on the show, and it's awesome to actually finally meet you, Horbro. Uh, uh, and uh, of course, you know, you're more than welcome. We'll contact you in the future to get you on when you can talk about more stuff. Maybe we, we can even talk about the technical stuff, animations, and you know, the whole pipeline and how that works. It, I think the audience would really like that. And of course, you know, as you're able to, we'll be able to. We can uh, get as all well. the Chris's on in one show. We can have yeah. this big Chris show. Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't really know. But <laughs> well, you can try. I think we can only hire people who are called Chris. There was at one point like five or six. Like it was crazy. That's it's a Canadian where you just thing. Go, go by last names. So, uh, anyways, thank you again, um, Chris, and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, Indeed. No right. worries. On to Facebook. We're up to twenty-four hundred. And 16 likes. Here's our page. Go ahead and give us a like. The reason I say give us a like is because when I post something, boom, you get a notification instantly. It's a great way to to just get information out there and you'd be able to receive it. Now, maybe, maybe you don't like, you know, Facebook. Totally understand that. Go to our website, nogutsnogalax.net. Register. Why register? It's quick. It's easy. And you can at least vote for Mech of the Week, which, by the way, uh... 95 plus votes yesterday for mech of the week holy crap thank you guys finally blowing that record out of the water and you can always check us out on our youtube channel as well at no guts no galaxy tv make sure to hit subscribe if you like what we're doing and uh, that way you're getting notifications in the new videos which usually i post up on our website and our facebook as well Again, thank you to everyone, to our community and other staff members out there. I want to give a quick shout out to two new staff members. You guys know who you are. AK and Ken will introduce you specifically in the NGNG podcast very soon. And this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy, Mex Devs and Beer podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. And this is Darren. 
Until next time, Mech Warriors. Let's get out of here. Fill your pain for the drinks, right? <laughs>